Hey, what's up? My name is DeAndra Kiera. This is Natasha Nina. And you are tuned in to a new episode of Just Let It Glow Podcast. Sorry, guys. I live in the hood and I just heard sirens. I was I was like, damn, like, as soon as we press record, this is what we doing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm excited. It's my best uh, favorite time of the year. It's getting Scorpio dark season. Scorpio season two. You know, that's yeah. my, my favorite sign. After mine, I always tell people of that. Of course. Um, yeah, you know, time is going back. Get that little extra hour. I don't know. I, and I love being cool. Like, I absolutely love being cool. Not so. me. I like to be. Oh, crazy. I'm, I'm a comfy. I like a comfy temperature. I hate What's being cold, like a good 65 to 70. Like, I don't like being cold. I hate being cold. So you hate all types of weather in Philly then? Because we only get extremes. We don't really get that. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> like in the summertime, I'm like, crank that AC up. Bobby in a blanket. Right. <laughs> I'll be under a blanket. And in the winter, I'm like, turn the heat up. And then I got to turn it back down to have some air. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you got to open the window with the heat on. Yeah, and it doesn't help that I'm kind of <laughs> like, I do. I hate to say anemic because people make so much fun of it now because every girl in the hood say I'm anemic, but I really am anemic. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm I really so jealous. Have, have very. I have very extreme uh, anemic episodes in a past, so. You ever eating cream of wheat and stuff? Do I like cream of wheat? Oh, you don't usually. Uh, <laughs> no, that's what you were asking me? Yeah, I was saying, do you be eating it? But I didn't even think to ask, do you like uh, it in general? Um, I like it. I'll eat it here and there. I do. It's more something like I'll, I'll buy because I know it's cold, and then one day, I might randomly have a taste for it, but because I'm always trying to be skinny, I don't really buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's good for you, you know, for those with little iron. For those winter days, those little iron, right? Mm-hmm. I love cream of wheat, but that it's, it gives you too too full for me. I don't like being that full. You know, when we started, I was like, yo, last week on um, Black Girl Brunch, I guess, like, somebody, what they asked, like, is Philly, like, ghetto? And we were like, as hell? Yeah, <laughs> that's right, immediately, right. that's what I wanted to be like. And that's why we said that. <laughs> and then, because technically, I really don't live in a hood. But <laughs> right. But you, know, like, you just never know. The hood always way, something. I, you know, it trickles out into them suburbs. Into our counties, into the quiet blocks. All you need to is quiet, a few Yeah, animals. I live on a very quiet block in a quiet neighborhood for the most part compared yeah, to, do. like, others. But shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, as soon as she said, as soon as it recorded. <laughs> but that's what makes us unique, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, period. Yeah. All right, let's get into some ghetto shit because, um... Over the weekend, there was Alpo. That's his name, Natasha? What's his name? Yeah, that's his name. Uh, Alpo. Um, it's Alberto Martinez. Ma- yeah, I was going to say Martinez. <laughs> Alpo Martinez was yeah. murdered over the weekend in Harlem. He was uh, killed outside of a club inside his car. And they said right before... I saw a report that said right before he... Um, got ambushed he threw a vial of crack i mean vial of heroin out the window 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was still into the game. And apparently the way that they said that he was shot, he they said like five shots to the chest, which seemed very mm-hmm. hitman style-ish. Or somebody, mm-hmm. a hood shooter is just very precise. But that, most people don't normally shoot that precisely in one area. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, I hate to say this, but most people don't really care about who did it. He, this man has well, so real quick, enemies. you want to give like a background so people can kind of. Yeah, I was know about to. Is. That's what I was. Oh, okay, what I was <laughs> sorry. Like, no, it's okay. Um, but he has so many enemies. So for those of you that don't know or do remember, the movie Paid in Full was about um three men, well, really two, um, and how they had came up. They were really young in a drug game. It was a uh, rich porter, and it was AZ. I forget. I don't remember his last name. It, yeah, it was AZ. Um, but AZ and Rich, they were real close. They were young black men, and um, you know, getting money or whatever in New York. And then Alpo, which is the man that we're talking about that just was killed, he became friends with them. In the movie, they portrayed it one way. Um, I've read, I've seen a documentary that showed like. Um, they didn't really, you know, he didn't really meet Rich in jail or nothing mm-hmm. like that. It was more organic. Like he, you know, was kind of trying to be friends with them and get in with them. And he wound up slowly, you know, starting off small in their organization and then working his way up building trust with them. Um, but what happened is, you know, at some point other parts happened. I'll let you guys watch the movie that haven't watched it. Um, cause I'm not going to get into all, it was a lot of factors in this, but particularly with Alpo, he wound up killing Rich, which Rich was a very the most popular out of everybody in the group. Everybody mm-hmm. loves Rich. People make songs about him to this day. To this day. So like, if you watch you know, Peyton Fool, his his character would be Money Mitch. Right. It's Money Making Mitch. I'll, yeah. I always be saying it to right. But anyway. And um, um, <laughs> Alpo would be Rico. Right, exactly. Right. And um and they was calling AZ they call him A in the movie. Ace, um, yeah. They didn't really Ace try to <laughs> Yeah, they didn't really play around with his, his yeah. like that. Um but anyway, so what happened was Alpo uh basically was a snake in the grass and at some point when he was working with Rich and, and A, A Z, he felt like Rich was lying to him about how much money um he was paying the connect that they were using to get the drugs. So one time Alpo apparently went to meet with the connect when Rich was dealing with issues with his brother who was being kidnapped at the time. That's a whole nother layer to the story. And, you know, AZ was shot. So Alpo was kind of taking, taking head of the organization while the two main people were kind of dealing with other things in their life. He met with the connect. He found out how much money it was to get the drugs and he would go back and ask Rich, you know, well, you know, just kind of to see if he was going to lie to him. And he felt like Rich was telling him a different number. Apparently, he asked him twice. And then he got another guy involved. Um, I forget what they called the guy, Big G or something like that, from D.C. Because Alpo was also doing uh, work in D.C. 
He gets him. He says, listen, we're going to pick Rich up. And if he lied to me, ask him one more time. If he lied again, just kill him. And that's basically what happened. They picked him up in the car. He asked them. Rich was in the front seat. Alpo was driving. The guy G was in the back seat. Alpo asked him again, like, oh, hey, how much you, you know, basically, you know, what did you say that he, you know, how much you pay for these keys, blah, blah, blah. Rich gave him the same number he'd been saying, which didn't add up to what apparently the guy said to Alpo. Alpo gave his friend the, the you know, the go-ahead. He shot Rich um, in the back a few times. And mm. apparently, uh, years later, so, because I don't want to make this a long-winded story, but Alpo, because I kind of got to fast-forward to rewind. Like, he basically gets locked up for something completely different. And he, you know, snitches on a bunch of people and yada yada. He and the guy that he met in DC, he snitched on him, right? He he killed him. He ki- but he okay. snitched on somebody else. Like it okay. was so many layers. That's it's so many layers. But to get back to the to where I want to go is once he got out of jail, which was in around 2015, he decides because he's a bold motherfucker. Even though he was in, he had a witness protection, he was in witness protection program when they found his body on Sunday. Um, because he was killed early on Halloween morning. They said that he had his, he still has witness protection ID on him, but he was still in Harlem. He had came back to the hood where he snitched on all these people. He did all these people dirty and he was already hated. People feared this man before he even got locked up because of little grimy shit he would do. He was very, very grimy. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently he decides, well, not only am I going to come out and be bold, you know, everybody knows that I killed Rich. I wanted, like, he was very adamant about letting people know, like, I wanted y'all to know, yes, I killed him. Like, I'm not sorry about it. You know, that was mm-hmm. fucked up, but he lied to me. But then he did a fucking documentary mm-hmm. in, like, 2018, and he's literally driving down the street in the car with people, showing the route that he took Rich, showing how he killed him, and it was very matter-of-fact and a lot of people felt very disrespected. So when you look at that and put it into perspective, it's so many reasons why this man could have got killed. It, you know, I hate it can't to, any, I don't literally be anybody that did it. And, and that's how most people feel like, well, you know what we don't. And most people don't give a fuck. They like good finally, because the man has been out. He's been home for a very long time and he could have laid low. low. He was in his fifties. You could have laid low. You, your ego wanted mm-hmm. you to still come around and still be like, fuck y'all. Ain't nobody going to touch me. And people still wasn't, which is the ironic part, right? But I, I think what he did, it adds to that idea about this. Remember we were talking about that thing where um, studies were trying to show black people like that are in like that type of drug game and stuff are serial killers doing shit like that definitely supports the evidence that they provided because that makes no sense and that's some serial killer bodies on him yeah it's like that's some serial killer type shit to go back and to brag and to like serial killers are very detailed and they want you to know that they did it and they they don't want to get away with it like that's some type of shit yeah, and, that and like weird you said about confidence. the serial killer, well, he's a sociopath. And, yeah, and a sociopath. I feel like he is, I, I definitely believe that serial killer thing because to me, the whole point about Rich, why you kill him don't even make sense. Like, okay, so he told you a different number. At the end of the day, he helped you. He, you, I mean, I say he wasn't getting money. People try to say he wasn't. But Alpo was doing his thing before he, 
met up with with uh, mm-hmm. AZ and Rich right. or whatever. But you know, not on their level. The man still was looking out for you. You act like he was like stealing from you or something like or that. Giving you didn't have you, to kill him. Uh, scraps. Exactly. Exactly. But so. I, I think that's why a lot of these organizations and stuff don't really last as long as other organized crime will because it's the jealousy and there's no protocol and there's no respect and there's no Mm -hmm. loyalty every like we are such conditions to be crabs in a bucket that like you're you're already beating the system you're literally beating the system. You are already living a life that's morally corrupt, but you're getting away with it. And because mm-hmm. you feel like you deserve to be the person on top, you're just killing. Just so just so disrespectful. Like, all right, you remember the part in the movie where um, they was like at the club and or no or they was talking i don't remember which part it was it, it was either at the club or when they was all talking and um when cameron who was playing alpo whatever he was talking and he was saying yeah how he had took and picked up the piece of cake and smushed it in the person's face and they was like i hate who that do goofy ass shit like that i was so irked when so, i first seen it i was a kid when i first seen it and i was so fucking irked it's well apparently the backstory to that is it that really happened and he would go out his way to like so uh, i don't know i don't know if he was jealous of a guy that was in the street or he had an issue with him but Mm -hmm. what he decided to do was at this man's birthday party show up in front of all his relatives and shit and pick up this man's cake full-blown cake and push it the fuck in his face in front of everybody like who does that? You know, what I, I really mean? feel like, like people that do stuff like that, they really are a sociopaths. Like yes. every time I see people that just do things that is just like everybody around them looking like really? Like why would you do that? Why would you right. do that? And they just be laughing like, oh, it's a joke. And it's like it's not funny. Like at all. Like at I can't all. be around I can't like guys like and those are the type of guys that like me. <laughs> <laughs> like the dickhead and the crew always like me and I don't be I don't like it I don't find it funny I, you know me I'm playful all day like I right. me and you we can joke around laugh I can cut with the best of them I don't care it's fun but the moment right. you start being too playful then I'm getting serious and now I'm just looking at you like that's because it's like, not what's a joke. Up? You did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. You you just did too much. You drawing. I gave you an inch and you, you, took, a, you took a mile. Right. That's Joe shit. shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we said at the same time. Exactly. Joe is shit. What the fuck it is. That if y'all, anybody wouldn't question what that was, that's the perfect That's some Joe shit. shit. Yeah. Like, you're doing too fucking much. Like, Draw. way too much. You know what's funny on a side note? And, and I know that, um, well, hopefully people, you know, did listen when we were on Black Girl Brunch. Yeah, go back and watching, listen if you um, haven't. <laughs> Please do. Um, and we got into a lot, especially, you know, um, the people that's from Philly. I want to see what y'all feel like what we said about the questions that was asked about our culture of just being, you know, from from here. Um, right. I was watching Family Feud, though, when I was in an ellery. <laughs> 
And I was thinking how Joe people have to be. And I was like, we mm-hmm. can never have a Philly person on none of these shows where you're like supermarket sweep, you gotta be hyping. Come on, just be excited, or like in the audience at Wendy. Bitch, I'm not doing it. I've awesome. seen people in the audience I know at Wendy show though. I have seen them. Be Joe? I don't say it was Joe. They were there. <laughs> I was. I know somebody that went, but she's not. She wasn't Joe to me. Yeah, it no, no, no. Like, they weren't like you know. super Joe at all. They were actually all the people I know that did it. They all were like mid chill. But I will say, <laughs> I do want to go on Family Feud. The key, so you know, you have to show up with like ten family members, right? I thought oh, it was only like five people. Yeah, you got to show up to the casting with like ten, and they'll pick five. Oh. So they'll pick based off of personalities, how you answer the question. So me, you know, I always be like knowing trivia. I can think of like the probability of someone actually asking these questions. I'm really good at shit like that. I, they wouldn't pick my ass. They'll pick somebody that get all the answers wrong, say the stupid shit, act little dunks. So I would have to act stupid to get casted. (laughs) Yeah. Is Steve still hosting it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I used to watch that all the time when I worked with um seniors. They look, look. They didn't That's care. That's one of my favorite shows until they hosted. One, they had him as a host. one thing about them, they was rooting for everybody black. <laughs> well, and that's how it should be. And I don't care what I say. And then if they weren't <laughs> black, it's whoever is the closest to being black. <laughs> <laughs> you be like, oh no, I, I like the way you can tell he got a little style to him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm going to go for that one. Oh, okay, so family from the south of the fam- and an Italian family. Who I'm going to go with? I'm going go with the exactly. Italians. <laughs> <laughs> they probably ain't had no sleeves but um, <laughs> let's uh, go ahead and talk about Foxy Brown is coming out with a book yeah so apparently <laughs> she's supposed to be coming out with a book I'm so, I don't mean to laugh because um, I know that you know everybody can each it to each his own but it's just kind of ironic to me that little kim is coming out with one and because they both had a really long time to come out with books and um yeah apparently she's supposed to be coming out with a book later this year pinning yeah. you know i guess a tell-all type of thing but you think she would talk about jay i would hope so i mean i feel like what's the point here's the thing with memoirs um I really feel like you should not, and I'm really excited about Will Smith, and I am going to buy it, and we're going to get into him a little later. But I feel like with memoirs, if you're not going to be as honest as possible and really talk about things, because can't nobody do shit to you. If it's true, can't nobody do shit to you. Like, right. talk right. about what really happened. I want to know, I, you know, I study sociology. I want to know what made you be who you are today. I want to know, like, I want you to tell me what the room you grew grew up looked like. I want to know details. Me too. Everybody, people be like, oh, my life isn't interesting enough for a memoir. You would be surprised. You would literally be surprised because nobody else lived your life but you. Mm, Girl, well, you know I just read a book that was very detailed. Yes. And like through when I was like writing and I would just be like putting it imageries and things of where I grew up and I'm like, yo, to me, this shit just seemed like everyday life. Right. But to somebody else that can pick up, pick that up and read it, they'll be like, wait, what? 
Like, right, right. what happened? Like, it, it's interesting. So, like, I just would want her to be very detailed. If you're going to write a book, Jay-Z is not doing nothing for you right now. If you got something to say about Jay-Z, say what the fuck you got to say. But I did hear that she said it, that uh, Damon Dash rubbed her the wrong way. Um, right. Yeah, I did read that somewhere a while ago. But you know what's interesting? So Kim Osorio, she was the editor-in-chief of Vibe for, like, many, many years. She's helping her write it. Oh, okay. So I really do feel like um, that's a perfect person to help write it because she was in the forefront of hip-hop history, and I hope that she's somebody that will hold her to task like, no. Bring up this. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. Let's talk about you know, timelines. Let's talk about rumors. Let's talk about beefs. Let's talk about reconciliation. Plenty of beefs. Oh yeah. So I, I, I think both her and Kim, if they're completely transparent, will be very interesting. I read Mariah Carey's book last year, and while it was good, it was super good, and she was very transparent. The thing, some things I wanted her to go in detail with. She did not. And I feel like it was because she was trying to have grace for people. Who are you talking about? Tommy Matola or something? Yeah, like she, what she said about him was fucked up enough. Like it painted a a bad enough picture about him. And she added context clues so you can kind of put together some of the things that she went through. She didn't go right into like the details of whether or not he was physically abusive, but you know, you, you you get it, you know? Like, yeah, you truly right. understand what she went through. Even with her family members, like, people were talking about how, you know, it's the one part in the story where she says she realized her sister basically almost set her out to be pimped. Oh, so that is true. That is true. She almost, like, she <laughs> oh, almost shit, I thought her that out. was a rumor. <laughs> no, that's really true. So, like, oh. she's being super transparent while at the same time definitely giving people more grace than what she should. But it was super well written. It was super entertaining. What she did give was more than enough. But, you know, a nosy, you know, or a fan like me, I want to know the things that I know is true. So hopefully one day she'll come up with like another part because she did say I gave a lot of grace and and I don't have to. Right. And Mariah don't need the money for real, for real, to even have to go. Oh, no, not at all. Now, Foxy, you bitch. I run all the tapes, (laughs) run all the fucking tapes. I want this shit to be a New York's bestseller number one i want you to write for real because i want to know i want to know how it is to be a a a b15 and you singing sexually suggestive music like nobody realizes how young you are how you know school was how you became such a fashion icon that early you know i loved foxy brown growing up like i thought she was flying shit like she I was. love her cadence, her tone of voice, like her skin complexion. Like I want to mm-hmm. hear it all. Like she's still a very beautiful woman. I want to know like how actually tell the truth about how you got deaf. You know, not the shame right. or nothing like that. But I want. I feel like that's something people should know. Or you know what I mean? Like just educate. <laughs> tell the truth. Because <laughs> I don't know. The rumor might not be the truth. 
Yeah. Well, like she that, didn't put stuff out. She put her own stuff out there. But yeah, it but I want to kind of, you know, what led up to that? What, how can it help other people? Like, be detailed. Don't be, you know, just giving right. us shit that Lost you could have did for a 30-minute interview. You know, give some real tea. Like, right. you know. That's true. Same with Kim. Don't don't give me no bullshit. I love Biggie, but don't give me that. Oh my god! I give don't me want her some to talk real about shit. Oh, please. I do, but give me some real shit. Give me the real. Don't give me he he was a fairy tale nigga, because let everybody else say he wasn't no fairy tale nigga. <laughs> like, let's right. talk about it for real. Like, talk about how you felt, how you felt in a moment, and how it affected you. When did you first start getting plastic surgery? Why? You know, I want to know how you were before you even met this man. Like, I want to know your life story before. So, Well, speaking of her, though, what's up? When the fuck is her book coming out? I mean, they don't push that shit back. I don't, I'm like, well, damn, why did they announce it? They announced it, what was it, months ago we was talking about Yeah, I thought it was going to come out this November or something. It's like you can only pre-order it or something. Yeah, it's on pre-order on Amazon. And it says September 27, 2022. So, y'all do what y'all will with that. Exactly. And I want her her to kind of counteract that ass-whooping that Faith Evans claimed she gave her. I want to hear her reflection on that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Faith did imply that. I don't don't believe that story. I I don't. I don't believe that. Faith don't give me tough. I just... I don't From know. interviews, it sounds like she's definite. First of all, we got to remember Faith was a little thickums back then. And yeah. look at Kim, and she's from Newark. Like she ain't. I no didn't bitch. say she was. I didn't say yeah. she was a punk. I just don't see her as being tough. What's her I sign? Because she gives me like I ain't no I killer, know. but don't push me. <laughs> <laughs> she's Faith always gave oh, me she's party a Gemini. Girl. She's a gem. Mm, Knowing well, some that. Geminis, <laughs> I feel like she definitely got the switch. <laughs> girl, I listen. Yeah, I'll just so, say this. You know, Faith gives me party girl. I've always, anytime she does interviews and stuff, she looks like somebody that likes to, like, if you want to have a good time and smoke a lot of weed, maybe do pills. I don't know if you do a line or two and drink. Faith is your girl. Like, you can sit there. <laughs> No, not allegedly. She talked about this and stuff. Like this is back in the day, <laughs> right? And I, well, I'll say that I still feel like that's your girl. Like you know, and it's okay. Yeah, she just I think she's super gives fun. that off. Yeah, she and it's like to me, it's I'm I wasn't far removed from how her energy is. I see myself in her a lot, to be totally honest. I'm like, oh, she's like that laid back girl that's cool with the niggas. Like you can tell she. You know, can just roll up and talk, and they bust it up and can yeah, smoke she and definitely drink has that energy, like very she, much so. That she can, I think she's like one of those women that can kind of like either hang out with a group of guys or be a girl's girl. It really just don't matter. But I definitely, okay. uh, I do believe that she had a switch be, that came made her come in that house in the middle of the night and tear that girl up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, like what she said, she didn't know it was her until, like, after. Like, she just seen a bitch in the bed. Yeah. Like, no. the most... Uh, Tear her up or a child, you just came after her, you know? I, but it is, it, is, it is... Yeah, I don't think... Um, 
I don't know. I think that Little Kim's team should have waited maybe to the top of the year. I don't know if COVID affected the release date or anything, mm-hmm. but because I don't, you don't want people to forget. Like you know what I mean. Still, of yeah. course we're gonna hear about it. But I was hyped. Like I thought I was gonna read it before the year was out. So yeah, I thought so too. But I feel like she can drop it whenever she wants to. People still gonna be like lit. And yeah, maybe, like still gonna yeah, buy. Yeah, I'm gonna still buy it. <laughs> um, I think that could give her some time to really. One thing I realized, like, writing generally, it takes a lot out of you. But I feel like writing a memoir and telling your own truth and you have to be honest about stuff that you place in the back of your mind. Like, right. it's a, it's such a hard thing to do. Like, when we were talking about journaling and I was like, oh, I was in the bathtub journaling. Like, I was crying while I was writing because it's, it's thoughts that you know, you, you're scared to say out loud, you know what I mean? Right. So when you're writing a memoir, like you're, you're literally have to shed, you know, skin and really be honest because that's the only way it's going to translate on paper. Yeah. You know, so it's probably so many things she's dealing with. Yeah. If she really, I feel like if she do that, I hope she in therapy because if she do this, I feel like, and do it the right way. And if she's ready to put this out there, I really hope she is very transparent. The same with Foxy Brown, because I feel like they're more alike than not. Yeah, that's true. I um, I definitely agree. Speaking with of um, transparency, <laughs> the Smiths. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh. Jada Pinkett Smith has been getting a lot of hate over the last couple of days from people on social media mainly because she made a comment on her show I didn't watch the whole episode but basically just to sum it up she was talking about talking about sex with a partner and she was saying how her and Will don't talk about sex and that it was basically uncomfortable for her to do so and people took that as if they don't have sex and that sex with him is uncomfortable or she doesn't enjoy it you know what I mean or like that she is like she's not attracted to him or something or trying to say that she's always embarrassing him and i'll just say this it wasn't this hoopla when will smith over a month ago said that if he had his choice of sister wives of how he would have wanted one point wanted to be with holly berry too and all of this other shit. He doesn't get all of that. It does, he doesn't get a lot of the flick that Jada does. Even today, as we were, you know, talking, he was just talking about how with his first wife, he starred in his, like, in some some movie I've never seen before with um, Rizzo from Greece. Okay. And how he fell in love with her. <laughs> oh. Fucking Rizzo from fucking Greece, Lightning. Like... He just be saying any fucking thing and nobody ever like they just always victimize him and make Jada the fucking culprit when to me they both overshare what do you think yeah um I'll say this I feel like one it was taken out of context because she was saying how from the clip that I saw I didn't see the whole thing either but um, she was just saying how, you know, being uh, communicating what you want and assuming that the other person is going to know 
what it is that you like and you know how when you get older it changes like you know mm-hmm. when you're young it's one way and then when you get older you know you can't assume that a person knows what it is you want you have to kind of be more open and her mom was chiming in and oh, I can't stand Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> I can't stand her <laughs> most of Hollywood can't stand her actually but anyway um you know she was chiming in I just like ignored her but what I will say is I do agree that, you know, there is all this focus on Jada. Nobody talks about Will's girlfriend because he's been yeah. uh, out of the country with this particular, is she a model? She uh, looks it's like two a, girls, um, actually. It's two girls. Oh. It's and one girl very with, loved up. Yeah. It's this one girl with blonde hair that he has been pictured with on trips when Jada is not there. And it's not a secret. And then mm-hmm. there's this young lady that's like a social media influencer. I cannot think of her name, but she kind of looks like she is some type of, you know, Latina or something of the matter or racially ambiguous, as the girls say these days. Ethnic. <laughs> <laughs> racially ambiguous. That's a yeah. really cute term. Yeah. Really you know, cute. the ethnic girls. Um, exotic as they would say she does look like them and they looked a little close to for comfort to me too but i just feel like people hate jada because they like y'all are like they just don't like women that can just be honest they're open and honest about certain things i feel like the jada hate is because Y'all want her. Y'all think Will Smith is like the apple of America's eyes. He's just the perfect black man. And there's no way that she could find any fault in this man. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, she don't, you know what I mean? As you grow older, you do. Sex is different. There is times like, men, y'all just enjoy sex. Like, y'all never had really too many long phases in which sex wasn't enjoyable for you. Like right. most people, you know, we're not going to get into traumas. We're just saying like in a perfect, you lost your virginity to the person you wanted to, your ass enjoyed it. Right. Right. Women, right. we don't really have that, you know, yeah. there is a period yeah. where you're kind of just doing it and you really don't know how you feel about it. And then there's a part you like, okay, this is what I, I do like this now. This, this is fun. I, I'm starting to like this. And then there's another stage where it's like, all right, I don't really like that. Can you stop doing it? <laughs> right. Let's try something else. I want to do something else. And then there's another point in your life when you are ready to do a whole bunch of stuff and maybe your spouse isn't ready to do all of it because they're used to what they're used to. Women, we're right. different. We, you know, as we get older, we want different things. We want to try different things. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. She's a woman, a 50-year-old woman. Yeah. And for I, real, for real, probably know. had sex more, you know, for more than half her life. Yeah, I, I'll say this. Um, I feel like the other side to the coin is I do understand the pushback for people getting um, like, okay, Jada, because, you know, you guys presented yourselves you went along with the public facade of being this power couple i never viewed them that way a lot of other people apparently did after things started coming out it was like oh i always looked up to them i admired their relationship i didn't know that i don't look at anybody's relationship and do that 
Then, you know, the scandal comes out with August and then you're very open about that. And then now you, you know, it's like, okay, well, we address this. I put Will on this, you know, we, we tackled this together as a relationship, as a partners. And now I'm going to go back and just talk regularly like it never happened. Whereas the, the, it hasn't been that long. The internet doesn't forget. And honestly, to me, outside of the, I don't care about the rappers that's weighing in, that can have multiple baby moms and do whatever. I don't care about what they have to say. I feel like a lot of women, though, are actually dragging her because it goes against, um, you know, the the whole facade and the, oh, you know, we're supposed to be married and being in this monogamous relationship. And, you know, I don't mm -hmm. think that people like that Jada is very open about, like you said, communicating things. I don't think that people like... And, and I feel like she's always known this. So that's why it's kind of weird to me that she's trying to change the narrative now. I feel like it always worked with her and Will because she is very open. She is very, you know, forward thinking and their relationship is not really traditional. She's not a tradition. She doesn't give me traditional kind of girl, which I can relate to. But a lot of people aren't that way. It's like talking Agreed. religion to people. You know what I mean? So I, they, I feel like... Anytime, and she's a woman. Like, oh, like a you said, so it's like, woman. and she got, and she, so it's like you bold too. Like you gonna sit mm -hmm. up here, and you had a whole side nigga, and this nigga, and your husband didn't leave you. So this goes against with uh, the narrative that women and try they, to portray. They will be you surprised know, say of how many women that they know in everyday life have had the same situation, and they Girl. still with their man. Yeah, like, better and they man know. <laughs> Y'all will and be yeah, surprised how many everyday women like just I because can name that nigga do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know well, people with full you, on fuck on somebody else's side niggas. Okay, yeah. and my and you know I love I ain't gonna, she don't listen to this anyway. My grandma she don't listen to this. Full blown Sonic and her husband was very aware. So and they both were very aware of each other, Big and it's still. I nigga still around, like still around. And my grandma is in her seventies. He was around since before I was born. And so I, yeah, you know, and it, it's <laughs> and you know, women get all of this whack. And let's be honest, that August situation she had to address because that crazy nigga, you know, started talking on her coochie. <laughs> that word right. that Tasha had. <laughs> Fuck started talking on that good. That good. She Jada, Jada don't got no coochie. <laughs> she has vagina. No, she, no, she got a pussy. Yeah, she got she, a pussy. He was talking on that good Her, cat. Hers purse. You yeah, can tell. Miss <laughs> Kitty, he was talking about her. And she had to address it. Right. And let's just say this. Right. Simultaneously, when she was dealing with August, he had someone else as well. And he basically said that. I was not. Daddy. I, they weren't together. They oh, were okay. in a marriage, but they were living separately. They were. He was married? No. Will was. Oh, you said my Will. Yeah. Oh, no, I you, Will. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, right. And Jada were still married. They didn't know what they wanted to do. And they were living their lives separately. Yeah, and let and even when they be like, oh my God, Will Jada always talking about how Tupac da 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 da. She can talk about Tupac all he went. He not here, but girl, here's right. the thing. Here, here's the thing. She has to deal with Will's ex wife for holidays, birthdays, and everything the fuck else. And that ain't she no was easy on the whole show. Yeah, that's not no easy ass feat. 
Yeah. Like, and they did not Tupac get along been dead for first. over 20, you know, 25 years. Yeah, it's been a while. Like, y'all, the thing is, you can love more than one person in a lifetime. Right. You honestly can. And you can love someone very much that you don't have, um, you may not have the opportunity at the time of their death to really uh, delve deep into the relationship. Right. You know, and you can still mourn what if. That does not mean the life that you had, you do not like. And y'all have such this thought of where y'all can possess people and possess their fucking thoughts, and you can't. Right. You exactly. cannot. Like, you, you have no ownership over people. I forgot what Lauren London said that Nipsey said at the funeral. Like, you can't own people. He said, like, you can't own people. You can only experience them. And a lot of people have that trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot That's possess true. their thoughts. Like, you cannot tell me I can't find somebody attractive. Or I can't mourn, you know, a friend that, one, I grew up with. Two, we both made it. You know what I mean? And right. she might not be mourning because she already said, like, she was already with Will. Like, he, she knew that she did not want to be with Pop. But right. I can mourn the potential of my friend. I can be sad mm. when I see photos and people talk about his legacy and how he still, you know, is relevant today. And that if he just made certain decisions, he would still be here. Y'all don't know why she's mourning him. But I guess she can mourn him if she, you know, she wants to. Girl, oh girl, but wait. Like, okay. Real fast on a total side note, but me and you here never you talked to Here you go. Y'all, this is this. Natasha Gossip voice. <laughs> She about to say some tea. I I don't know if it's tea. Y'all probably are. It's probably cold. I don't know. But I was listening to a little documentary not too long ago. Y'all know I love me a good doc. And apparently, because you know he was with uh, Kadida Jones, right? That's how you pronounce her name? Kadida Jones. Kadida Jones. Jones. Yeah. Um, When he passed away. So, and they were supposed to be so in love and she was... So, did you know that she was saying she was pregnant when he passed away? I do know that they were engaged or something. And I think she said, yeah, I do remember that being a a rumor. I don't know if she said it, but I do remember that being a rumor. So, that's not even what I, that's not even like the, you know. So, apparently, you know, she's claiming to be pregnant and all of this. And they said, like, within a month after he was dead, she didn't got his his tattoo covered up. Like, she was distanced herself from the whole thing, wasn't, like, claiming him apparently, oh, now she got, you know, oh, what baby? I was never pregnant. It was like everything just became, she, like, and then she got, like, a whole new nigga. Like, just started being around somebody mm-hmm. else. Now, it could have been for her self-protection. Maybe she felt like she was in harm's way. But a lot of people said that she seemed very much like, how did you go from being in love to this man is dead? And then you're just like, no, nah. but like, she just like moved on with her life. Like there was no mm-hmm. mourning whatsoever. She and I found that very interesting. Interesting person to me. Me too. Because she doesn't speak openly. And I would love, that's somebody that's that I would a, love. Yeah, that, I'm sorry. <laughs> did you finish your thought about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she's interesting to me. I would definitely read her memoir as well because, um, like I saw this interview of how she said her and Tupac met, and it was basically because he was talking about Quincy Jones and how Quincy Jones had children 
with white women, how he's confused, you know, all his kids are confused and all of this because <laughs> wow. um, Kidada's mom and Rashida's mom, so they have the same mom, a white woman. So Kidada mm. looks black. She looks mixed, right? Like, you yeah. can tell. And then Rashida looks like a white lady. <laughs> like, yeah, So she he does. was saying, like, his kids are confused, so he didn't actually know who Kidada was, and he, she approached him like, you know, what, you know, what is it that you had to say about me and my siblings? Like, you don't know us and, you know, just going into that. So, and he just liked her from there. But also she was really great friends with Aliyah at the time oh. of her death. They were really, that's really also, cool. I remember yeah. that too. And that's why I have a lot of question marks. Yeah. It's, it's very, so very interesting. Marks. I want to know because it's only when you really think about it, it's only five years in between those times, you know, mm-hmm. like I find, I find her story very interesting. The fact that, you know, at, I think at a very early age, she was like the head designer for Tommy Hilfiger. And that's how she met Aaliyah because she became a spokesperson just very, yeah, I remember she was a spokesperson. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just would find her. That's another person's memoir. I wouldn't mind reading because I do think it 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 would be interesting, like with the point that Tupac made of having, you know, a father that's a lot older, married to a white woman. Y'all are kind of still raised black, but some of y'all look black, some of y'all don't, and y'all live in Beverly Hills. Right. You know right. what I mean? Where it probably isn't really, you know. And did were you and your sister treated different? Because when basically, if it wasn't for her name, people would think she's a white woman. No, she definitely like when she was on the office. I mm-hmm. swear to God, I did not know that it was her until yeah. I seen that documentary for Quincy Jones on Netflix. And oh, you like, never oh, knew shit. before that. I never put two and two. No, oh, I, didn't, wow. I didn't. Her character wasn't. Like it, I yeah, didn't I never watched was. that show, but I knew who she was. The, never knew. Um, and I'm reading this book based because it's a movie coming out on Netflix. It's called Passing, and it's uh-huh. so interesting. It's 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 interesting because I was telling my friend, me and her, were just talking about people who nowadays would have been able to pass, and then now on TikTok there are white women that are claiming that they are part black because they have a mixed parent. <laughs> and um, then people are like, honey, you're not black. <laughs> so right, like this this trend right. on so these people, these white girls, they have like their dad, like Sam's dad is half black and white, right? Uh-huh. Mom is fully the, white. Oh, the dad is half, half. Yeah. Like one parent oh. is half black, half white. The other parent is white. And then right. basically Tamara <laughs> Housley. Right. Her husband, Adam <laughs> Housley, have a baby. <laughs> I mean, and then be like, oh, yeah, I'm black. Like, your white shot right. is kind of showing up a little bit more. But in theory, that is what you, they would have been able to pass. Like Ashley and her husband, Michael, on Real Housewives of Potomac, their kids. Yes, their Same children. I was like, Ashley is ain't passing nothing. She looked black, <laughs> you know. But that's the difference of being light-skinned and passing, mm-hmm. you know. But imagine if that, you know, then their child, you know, like Ashley Darby and Michael, their child have a child with a white woman. They're, you know what I mean? Their child right. have a child with a white woman and their grandchild now says, hey, I'm black. My, my grandma black. <laughs> it's like, baby, you are not black. <laughs> You're <Right>. not. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, that is crazy. Well, but yeah, when is, we um, just got off into a whole tangent. I know, in a whole right. So, yeah, <laughs> this was a good tangent. So, yeah, it's you know, a good tangent. So, I would definitely could out if you ever hear this. We would love to hear your um, I, absolutely memoir. Because I, I think she, she has a lot of, to tell. I think she has a lot. I think, and, and mm-hmm. there's a lot more. You know, especially growing up in that zip code and. Even like, you know, Quincy Jones has stories for days and just whatever she probably experienced just by being around him and being on a set of Fresh Prince and everything else and Michael Jackson, all of these things like these people really have lived a life that's worth knowing about, you know, most of us have. Like that's why writing and journaling and stuff like that is so important because without historical journals or without memoirs, we really wouldn't know how things were in the past. So, but one more thing, Uh, Janet Jackson, there is going to be a documentary by the New York Times and Hulu regarding her scandal during the 2004 Super Bowl where Justin Timberlake exposed her breasts on national TV and he received zero repercussions for her and her career plummeted. Yeah. So what but do you I think? still don't understand that concept. I don't know. Maybe I'm really ignorant to it. I never understood the issue. So it, it's assumed that Janet intentionally showed her titty on national TV because I've seen like people make comments like oh you know she had a piercing in or whatever okay the bitch had her nipples pierced we all know that she's like a freak she showed you that so that is like that was the backlash I never understood the backlash well the backlash alright so think about how people were treating the WAP performance at the Grammys right oh it's sexually Uh suggestive it's doing this children watch you know the Super Bowl is supposed to be for families and they were saying it was it was sexually it harmed children. Mind you, I was a child. I saw her titty, I thought it was like a rubber boob. Like I thought it was like fake. It happened so fucking fast. Like me and my mom and my sisters were watching it because we love Janet. I, I talk about that all the time. Like we love Janet. We are a Janet loving Jackson household. Okay. We love Jackson. Okay, so I was about to say same here, girl. Like we are a Jackson loving household. <laughs> Don't talk about none of them from Reed. You can't talk shit. Latoya. Right. Don't talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> we right. are, we love the Jackson over here. But mm-hmm. um we were just watching it and when he ripped it, her face like I remember like her face just looked like what the fuck. But I thought it was fake. Like I thought it was a fake boob. So apparently it, he ripped the wrong part. It was supposed to show like lingerie. He, instead he ripped the entire part, including the lingerie exposing her breasts, but it wasn't just that moment, right? It was the moments leading after that. He basically threw her under the bus, which made it even worse. But that's the part I don't, that's what, that's my confusion. It's not that Janet ripped her own shit off. He, he did, did it. But that's but the whole problem. I never understood why she got the backlash and people were really running yeah. with that narrative. I didn't, I don't understand that. I, I really, still don't understand. I said, I is this something that like, I missed? I feel <laughs> like the Super Bowl needs to apologize to her. I feel like a lawsuit should be had because it was an honest mistake. It was, I don't know from his part, but I feel like, I feel like the ripping was a mistake. However, I feel like what led after that, him throwing her under the bus, him still prospering people, you know, 
like throwing her so much shade and treating her like shit for many years. And you know, Janet is that bitch. She just had a residency in Vegas that I wish I would have been able to go to. Like she's so talented and I love the fact that young black artists from Beyonce to Sierra, they kept her name alive to Normani's and they they like, no, I'm inspired by Janet Jackson. So it, it forced the media to recognize her as a person and they vilify her so bad just for a titty. A fucking titty. I really titty. didn't get that. I really like, didn't and, get and, it. And then Justin Timberlake, like, you really threw her under the bus. So I'm really interested because they lit his ass up over the Britney Spears stuff. This yeah, year. Well, because well, he's a piece of shit. And I'm he glad that people are holding people accountable now. And it's like, you know, Justin Timberlake, has he got a lot going on. We didn't even get into the, you know, being a culture vulture. That's a whole nother layer. Like, he <laughs> has a it. lot of fucking layers to him. And people just let it ride on by. But what I just don't get is, how do you blame the fucking victim? I guess that's just, if victim somebody blaming. can break that down yeah. to me and how that got rationalized and the country went with it, I would really love to know because well, they will on that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is it? Well, right. So my question is: Now, is that supposed to coincide with hers? No, hers is totally different. So with the HBO, I mean the Hulu and um, New York Times does. It's like an investigative uh, series. No, I mean release date, not not the. Oh, you know, hers thing. is totally different on Lifetime. I'll look up. Because um, to me, it's real convenient that now that she's coming out, don't overshadow her shit with y'all with this bullshit. I don't want to be talking about no fucking Super Bowl. I want like let Jane have I her documentary her moment. Life. I want her like give life. me. I want the doc. Give me the documentary. I don't want to hear about the one. Oh, this one that comes out. Oh, sorry. This one comes out November nineteenth. I believe her documentary doesn't come out until January. Yeah, it was next year, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So well, that's good. Yeah. It'll be, I think it'll be interesting. And I think that people have to be like, really like pay attention, like of what happened after the, the, it wasn't the Super Bowl in itself. It was everything after it and Mm -hmm. how y'all made her like base. Y'all treated her worse than y'all did fucking R. Kelly. I ain't going to hold you. Yeah, I agree. A thousand percent. And all she did. a lot of people. Yeah. All she did was show just a little. A little nip. A little nip slip. Where nowadays, <laughs> like, nip slip. bitches show they titty at fucking Starbucks when they breastfeed in. Like, but y'all didn't y'all, vilify. Y'all mad about a little titty. Well, what about all of the uh, paparazzi that used to take pictures of bitches' vaginas? Like, they used to literally take pictures of fucking... Back in the day, I remember when before the internet is what it is now, you could find, like, you know, um, paid photos of, like, a Lindsay Lohan, uh, Paris Hilton, and these were intentionally taken. These are things, like, you know, I just... I don't know. And look, look at Kim Kardashian, a whole fucking sex tape that everybody's kind of under the consensus that she knew was coming the fuck out, and helped put out there yeah. like and and she became famous from it in a positive way like it's just yeah, so I guess weird the difference it don't make sense to me but only they they did the most because of the fact that it was televised on national tv but she didn't do anything yeah. <laughs> me and you are just, under- right. me I'm and sorry. you we are here <laughs> I, I never got to see you. Right. I'm 
because this pissing me off. Like, you I know. understand, ma'am. <laughs> like, what the fuck did Janet uh, do? God, I picked up what you put down. I understand it, Miss Silly. <laughs> Seriously, like, oh, Sophia home now. Like, I, you died. I just That's what I meant to say, Miss Sophia. I already knew what you meant, girl. Like, listen. But, okay. um, you want to go ahead and go to the throwback? Yeah, so I'm, I was a little um, lazy this week, you guys. So those that may have seen it, I'm saying it again. <laughs> um, but I came across... Um, some information about Tupac that wasn't well known um, about his life before he, you know, signed a death row and everything that I thought would be interesting. So apparently in 1993, he was involved in a shooting where he allegedly, I know that he's passed away, but I'm still giving him that because I don't, they never said he did it. So, I mean, they couldn't confirm it, Uh, but he allegedly shot two off duty police officers. So, Apparently, um, at the time, Pac was, you know, he was Tupac. He had a few songs out or whatever. Um, This was in 93. And, well, no, he was hot in 93, actually. But he was in Atlanta. He had just moved there. I guess he had an additional place to live out there. And he was also performing at Clark Atlanta University. And on um, the wee hours in the morning on October 31st, Halloween, him and his entourage is driving down the street and these two off-duty police officers and their wives um, were coming from a bar. They were, you know, drinking, you know, out celebrating. One of the wives had just passed her bar exam and they were crossing the street. So depending on whose version of events, you know, you believe is what happened next, uh, Tupac's lawyer would later say that he, you know, and his entourage had witnessed these two white men harassing a black driver and they got out the car to figure out what's going on. Mind you, you know, these are um, cops that were off duty, so they're not wearing police uniforms or anything like that. So Tupac and them just got out like, you know, what's going on? And the cops was basically like real um, aggressive, telling them to get back in their car and they pulled the gun out on Tupac and his entourage and then the entourage, somebody in the entourage shot back and actually shot both the cops, um, not fatally. One got shot in the butt and one got shot in the leg, I think. Um, but the cops version of events, oh, we were walking across the street and his car almost hits us. So we start having a verbal altercation with them. And then as we're walking away, um, they somebody just starts shooting. Tupac was the one that just drops down on the ground and just starts shooting. And like this police um, sniper type stance or whatever. And he starts shooting at them. So um, they wind up going to court. And um, the cops lied initially and said that they, you know, didn't have a weapon. They totally tried to act like Tupac's version of events didn't happen at all, couldn't happen. But it later came out in the police investigation that not only did the cops have guns, but they also had guns that they weren't supposed to have. Um, Cops at that time weren't supposed to have 
um, their service weapons on them when they're not on duty. And they, um, the two cops were brothers and they both had stole from out the police locker room and they had guns that did not belong to them on their person when this event happened. Um, a lot of witnesses said they were the aggressor um, with Tupac and they had shot at them and his entourage first. And they also said that they were really drunk. So um, mm. what wound up happening was all the charges were dropped on both sides. Um, but the two cops were able to sue, civilly sue Tupac. Um, one settled out of court and the other one, um, Tupac, you know, passed away three, three years later, 96. So he wound up, um, winning, um, a settlement against his, his estate for like over, like a little over $200,000. Dirty motherfucker. So I thought that was very interesting. I was glad uh, that was all you got. Uh, mm. I, exactly, but it's still disgusting to think about it for real, for real. Because I believe the damn Tupac and them. So you mean to tell? And, and let me say this: I think Tupac crazy as shit. Like yeah, I too. feel like he was very <laughs> reckless. A lot of stuff, and I think, like Jada said, like a lot of stuff could have been avoided when it comes to him. And she just wished that he would have been in that mindset because he was so brilliant and talented right. and had a good heart. I don't think that he was that like vigilant, <laughs> like vigilante to think that he just gonna fucking shoot. <laughs> yeah, and, no, and he was too he almost, the Yeah, like you right. getting into like a gun. First of all, he don't give me the type that he know how to shoot a gun like a gun, like a like, like a that precise. Yeah, like, it was very can. very was precise. Can. Yeah, yeah like can. and. And then, you know, I think what also helped was the fact that whoever, even if let's say he did shoot, um, it seems like the places that you were shot, it was intentional. Both the cops were shot below the waist. It didn't seem like it was like a fatal shooting. It seemed like it was very intentionally non-threatening, like more so, you know, in a, a kind of defense for you to back the fuck off me. But either way, he got off, so I'm glad for that. I said, you know, at least the man got one break, but then like a month later, that's when he was accused of, you know, the horror. Yeah. Um, he couldn't catch a break during this he time. It was a lot going on and, in his and life. To me, honestly, it really just boils down to the fact that I don't feel like in any of these, both instances that we just mentioned, your ass don't know how to pick the right people to be around. Yes, Lord. From the people who yes. shot you the first time to this case, to that, you know, that our case, like that rape case, like I don't think that you understood that you are the company you keep and keep these motherfuckers from around you. And that's yeah. really unfortunate. And that is one of the things that we have said on this show countless times of being very careful of who you are around and who do you exchange energies with because you might be walking with somebody and karma might be on their fucking ass and you might be a bystander. Exactly. Because they didn't sue nobody else but your ass. But you, because you Tupac. And they realized who you were. When they put that gun in your hand. They yeah. said, oh, no, it was him. Exactly. You probably didn't do nothing. And your people didn't. See, the thing is, your people could have spoke up. Exactly. If they cared about you, they would have spoke up. They would have ate them charges up because they did it. The fact that they didn't lets you know everything right there. So, time-wise, do you think we should do our little game or save it for another day or just go ahead to the glow-up? Um, it's up to you. We can save it. I, I really want to get into the glow-up. You know, the glow-up is always my favorite your part. Favorite? We can do the game. Okay. It's my favorite part of the whole All right. Whole we can just go ahead to the glow-up. Mm -hmm. But I do want to say, if you guys have any 
letters, any confessions, any story times, anything that has been happening to you over the last couple of months and you want our advice or our opinions or you just want to get some things off your chest, let us know and send it to us at justletitglowpod at gmail.com and we would love to read it on the show. And just remember, we are not mental yes. health professionals and our advice <laughs> is to be taking with a grain of salt because we are, like we say all the time, we still do Girl. dumb shit. I'm like a motherfucker. <laughs> but we just going. <laughs> but I so, can help you though. I can probably help you out. You I know, can at least you. try. I'll give you the advice I need to give myself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but our glow up topic this week is how to ask for help. Like, so uh-huh. what happened was we posted a meme on um our Instagram and we asked a question and it gave um about three to four different answers. Different people uh, gave me gave us their opinions. Um, it was basically, which one do you struggle with needing more help with? Is it what do you need? Do you struggle with saying the most? It's I love you, I miss you, I need help, and I'm sorry. Overwhelmingly, everybody basically said I need help, and me mm. personally. That's one of the things I struggle with. I hate asking for help. I hate, hate, hate. I hate asking for help and I hate accepting help. Are we talking financially or are we talking? I, I'm talking help? everything, guys. <laughs> really? But yeah, I really hate asking for help. I am. That's one of, you know, the things I have to work on. I'm like super independent when I don't have to be. Like, I'll accept the help, but it takes... I, I know I get on people nerves because I'll keep being like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know what I mean? They're like, I got it. Like, it's right. okay. Like, I got you. But I really, really, really hate asking for help. I have been a lot better with saying I need help or accepting help a lot more than I have been in the past. But it's definitely something that I I find hard. I feel to be really hard and I, I found it interesting that so many people were saying that they struggle with that as well and when me and you talk you said that's not your issue <laughs> so <laughs> no, tell us not. about how you ask for help um well I wanted to ask you a l- get a little bit more insight into your way of thinking since most people agree with you and mine's mine's is on the opposite so when you say that what is it like at the core of it is it the people that you, like the options of people that you're asking for help from or you don't the fear of it like no. well i don't want to put plan a seat i want to hear what you have to say like no i don't think is- it has anything to do with the people i have really great supportive people in my life that will help me without you know me even having to ask or anything like that I'm just used to doing things for myself by myself. Like yeah. I don't like to bother people. I don't like to inconvenience others. You know, I, 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 I'm such a giver, but I'm not really a receiver in a lot of ways. Like I get like, Oh my gosh, anxiety. Like, Oh no, please don't do that. I'll, I'll, I got it. I'll figure it out. Like, don't worry. But I have, I have worked on saying like, at least I'm accepting the help now. Right. I don't always ask for it. And I know it gets on people nerves so much because they're like, why didn't you just say that? <laughs> like, right. You know, right. like, and my mom specifically, she's like, 
you know, you could just ask, <laughs> like, you don't, you don't have to just, you could just ask me, I'll help you. Like, I got you. Like, you don't have to, you know, do all of this stuff by yourself. Like, you know, but right. I really, I'll just be like, oh no, I got it. Like, it's okay. <laughs> like, I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, well, I'll get into my, no, I'm going to say that my opinion about this first, then I'll get into my, I think that a big part of it at its core, and it's no offense to anybody, I don't think it's a bad thing, um, is control. And I think that a lot of times when you ask for help, you know that, you know, let's say, like you said, you have a great support system, right? So you know that people, you know, will look out for you. Um, and you also know that how you're normally in that role. It's, it can be a slippery slope when you ask for help, even if the person supports you. It's just the fact that, you know, I don't want you to feel like you have to depend on me. I'm the person that does it. Like, I'm not, I'm the one that, um, makes the moves. I don't, you know, it's more so I see myself more so as being the, like need help. That's, that's not something that I need. I can control my own shit. I have to continue to be this strong person because I don't want you to think or control the narrative. I don't want it to look like I can't figure things out. I'm not a person that you can depend on. Um, I could be totally wrong, but that's how I look at it. Like, for instance, I I don't have a problem asking for help, but I will say I have an issue with, um, and you know this because you laugh about it every time. If somebody does something for me, I have to, like, and if it's a loan, not if you just do something for me in general, I feel like, oh, I got to do something for you to even it out. I'm not, I think I don't like people that are like that. I'm more so, if you loan me money though, if I, I truly, and I don't care yeah, if it's you like. you get on my nerves with that. you be I'll <laughs> pick up like a $2 water and she makes sure she pays it back. Like, I'd be like, girl, it's fucking $2 water. And she'll be like, oh, oh, don't forget. I owe you $5. Like, five fucking dollars, bitch. <laughs> You know why? Like, though. leave me alone. Like, now, now you disrespected me. I've been feeling so disrespected. Like, Am I that broke that she think I like I'm about to whip her ass for this five dollars? It's just you it's know so annoying. I'm like, are you I'm, serious? I really no. feel like well, I don't know if I'm like gonna whip my ass now, but no, I meant like 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 I'm on your ass saying. basically. But I'll say this: I feel like um, I unfortunately I know a lot of people. I know what it's like for to for to hear other people talk about other people, and I know people even in my own family that can have it and are very petty. Like if they they don't give a fuck if it was fifty cents, they be like, yeah, you know, she didn't give my fifty cents back, and I've seen this happen on countless occasions where people have fallen out. My I have relatives on my dad's side. My grandma on my dad's side and her sister have not talked for like fifteen years over twenty fucking dollars. That's wild. over twenty dollars, all because. My grandmom let her borrow it and her sister felt like, you know, okay, I'll give it back to you when I give it back to you. And when she she asked for the money back, her sister got mad, like, you really gonna ask me for $20 and you know you have all this money or whatever. And it became this whole thing. And I don't wanna, you know, get into all that. But my point is, I know that I can be funny when it comes to, you know, somebody trying to 
say that I owe them something or like, you know, it's a unbalanced, it becomes unbalanced in our dynamic. And it's like, oh, you're kind of keeping the tab of every little fucking thing. Like, I don't know. That's just me. But I feel like when it comes to the help stuff in general, I don't have a problem asking for help because I really fucking need it. And at the end of the day, it like, you know, normally I feel like it comes down to financial things that people don't like asking for help for. Because I don't think people have issues asking for um, relationship advice like that. I don't think people have issues for saying, oh, girl, um, tell me if this outfit is cute or not or help me pick this out or you know oh, I want to go shopping for my apartment I don't know what theme I want can you help me with this I think it's very much normally to, in my opinion boils down to finances I don't want to or or and not maybe not even a monetary thing but oh I don't want to say can I you know can I stay at your crib for a couple of days because I'm you know I don't know I'm getting my place painted and I, I can't be in there like it, it goes to the, those type of extremes. And I don't know why um, people can't just do that. I don't know. For me, help me the fuck out. Like, I need all the help. But the thing is, now I'll ask you this, is it because you don't want it to be where it, it goes vice versa? Because sometimes when you ask for help, certain people, you know, we'll use that and flip it around. And it's like, for instance, I have a, a relative of mine who her car was down. She asked her girlfriend, can she borrow her car? And, well, the girlfriend actually offered it. She didn't ask. The girlfriend offered it. Oh yeah, you can use my car for the day. So she did. And she picked the girl from work and everything. Then weeks go by, girl crashes her car. And now she's asking my relative, oh, can you, um, can you pick me up from such and such? And can you, um, like every day she calling, can you pick me up from work? Can you pick me up from work? And it's like, well, damn, I should have never asked you or took your car when you offered it that time. Cause now I feel like I'm indebted to you. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It becomes this different dynamic. For me, it's not neither one of those. Like, for me, it's more so, like, it's nothing about the person or that I feel like I owe anybody anything or that they're going... Or that I don't want to return the help because I'm always willing to, you know, be there for people, whether or not I needed them or asked them. The thing is, I have, like I said, I have very supportive people in my life. And anybody that I don't like, I know the people I can ask. Like, I right. would not, it's a lot of people I will never, ever ask because one, I don't, I, I, I'm to ask them, I'm skipping a whole list of other people. So right. it, it won't even make sense. And me personally, it's because I feel like I don't want to seem like I can't do for myself or I can't you know, or I don't want to inconvenience other people. So like, even when I'm doing, you know, like, you know, like last year was my birthday party. I, a couple of people was like, Oh, you want me to help? I'm like, Oh no, no, no. These two people are already helping. It's because I don't like people making a big fuss over me. You know what I mean? Like, right. I just like, Oh no, we'll do it. You know, it's okay. Like, don't worry about it. Just show up, have a good time. Because I know like sometimes people just want to be a guest. So you're so it's controlling like, again. How well, I'm not controlling. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm controlling. I'm saying I don't want to inconvenience. In my head, it's like, oh, I'm inconveniencing this person. Let me just, I can figure it out. I can do it. It's not that I can't do it. It would make my life easier if I didn't. But I just like, oh, no. When I have things like that, I want my guests to be guests. 
Like, I get I, that. And it's not really like about me controlling, like, because I want it one way or the other. Most of the time, it's like I bought the decorations, it's self explanatory. I'm gonna just put this shit on a table, like, using that as an example. But it wasn't like I was controlling, like, oh, put the fork on this size. Not like well, that's it, not it what I mean. Adam. I don't uh, mean in a demanding way. When I say controlling, like, like you said, when I have an event, I'm the I do everything, and is and that's why I don't have events anymore because I became burnt the fuck out. I I don't like when I come to somebody's house and the party doesn't start unless this person's come and this person because everybody's bringing a fucking dish and it's like like no i hate that i you know i like certain things i like you like you said if you come you're a guest you know i don't feel like you have to host even if you offer to do it but that's still me controlling the situation because if somebody is offering to do it and like you said if you genuinely have these people around you that you know are not a certain way or don't care about helping it shouldn't matter if they're offering it and you know that you're saying well i you know i it would help me make things easier but no 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 because you know sometimes people don't want to host but if you know you have people around you that's offering to do it obviously they don't care yeah i get that but it still was my party so i just felt like <laughs> i just felt like it wasn't like i'm controlling and i if it was somebody else shit like yeah i'll take all the help but because I was like, you know, I don't, you know, it, it I, was a party it, that you paid for, right? Yeah, I paid for it. Exactly. And th- some, you know, I did receive help and I accepted it, but I didn't ask anybody for help. You know, like I just don't ask. Now I'll accept help, but I don't ask for help. And most of the time it's because I know me. I, I know that if, if I really, really, really need help, I know who to ask. So I don't go around struggling. Like one thing I don't do, I don't struggle and I don't live um, a life as if everything is perfect. Like I'll be completely honest. I'll be like, oh no, this is happening. If somebody offers, I only would accept help that from people that is okay. Like it wouldn't be a huge inconvenience for them to help, you know? Because some people don't offer because... You know, they're like, oh, yeah, no, 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 like, I got it. But it, it, it puts you, I've and I've been there, where I helped somebody, and I knew it would kind of put me in a tight bind, but I knew they needed it more. So, like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, no, I'll just ask this person. Like, it's okay. Like, no, don't you do anything. Like, I got it. But I feel like it's not necessarily me being controlling. It's just I'm just hyper-independent, and that is a trauma response of doing things for yourself because you don't want to inconvenience other. You don't want to feel like a burden. These are all the things that play into wanting to ask for help. And I think one of the things that may change people is having children because with kids, you have to ask for help. Like, you know what I mean? Like me being like super, like I, it's just me. Like I don't have to take care of anybody else. If I go without something, I'm okay. But when you have another life and if it'll depend on, I know, you know, my mom's super prideful too, but I know when it came to like stuff for herself, she won't ask for help. But when it came to us growing up, she's going to get the help she needs. You know, if it was something that had to do with us, she's going to get that assistance, you know? But I feel like, and a lot of, you know, my friends with kids think the same way. Like, okay, when it... You know, I'll go without something, but when it comes to my kid, I'm going to get the help I need if I need it. Me, personally, it's just me. So I'll be like, all right, I'm going to move this around and move that around. That's cool. Or even, like I said, if it's a test, like if I have to get something done by a certain time, I'll just do it myself. It, even if, it'll, you know, I'll be stressed, but I, it's just life. That's how I see it. 
you know, but it is something I have been working on by saying, Hey, I need help or, you know, really accepting the help, but it's nothing negative towards anybody. I don't, I don't really think that, um, that anybody I'm around wouldn't be able to help or wouldn't be willing to help, especially the people that I have in mind that I have asked for help in the past or whatever. And I, I'm not really a person that count favors. So even if I did, somebody did help me once and, you know, then they in turn needed help. I wouldn't, I, I don't have that type of mindset. Like, Oh, now I got to help you because you helped me. If I can't, I can't. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll say this because I think it's getting lost in translation for the word that I use. I'm not trying to say when I say controlling, maybe it's the wrong word. What I mean is when you're used to kind of being the person that's being dependent on, which is the stronger person, the person that kind of is driving the ship. Um, which is I feel like basically what you're saying is I don't mind accepting the help, you know, but then you're talking about other people's dynamics and well I know I've been there before it becomes this selfless thing where again you know if unless just letting it happen like you know I understand I totally get what you're saying because you know I'm the same way when it comes to I don't like asking people to do stuff for me if I don't have to like if I really need it I'm going to ask but I don't go out like I wouldn't you know say you know to you oh yeah DeAndre you know um Thanksgiving is coming up, you know, could you, um, get a, you know, um, some, I don't know, all the food that I need for my, my, my Thanksgiving dinner and bring it over here to me, please. Like that, who the fuck asked that? We live an hour away. I was about to say no, (laughs) but that's what, but but my point, I ain't not had nobody (laughs) asking no shit like that, man. but that's some people don't ask no shit like that. But I know fucking churches giving out turkeys and you asking me. (laughs) But I'm saying, like, you know, that's a that's an extreme. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I know that in smaller instances, you know, it may be things I could ask from you. And I know that isn't, you know, for me, I'd be like, well, Dad, I don't know. You know, maybe she doesn't feel like it or I don't want to be a burden to anybody. And it's stop looking at it as being a burden. I guess that's the main point. Yeah, of, I agree with it. You know, um, feeling like you're inconvenient. That's where I want right, to say. Right, right. My main issue is that I don't feel like I don't like to inconvenience others. Yeah, I get that. And I will say, I think it, it comes from... Like, I'll say this, like, growing up, not like with my mom or other, but other people, like, when they would do something, it gave it gave off, like, they were doing it because they, they were ex, you know what I mean? Like, right. oh, because I got to do this, and I got to bring it here, and I got to do this. And it's yeah. like, it's mad, and it, it, it triggers something in the back of my head, because now it's like, all right, well, next time I'm not going to ex, because even though you did it, it was an inconvenience for you. And I think that's where the trauma is in my brain. When people yeah. have made the fact that they had to step up or do something like really, I feel like you really, sh- when you really show like it was a huge inconvenience. So in my head, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to, you know, even though they'll do it and they probably wouldn't think too much of it. I, I don't want to be in that space where I feel like I'm inconvenienced on somebody. I think that's right. where I'm at f- Honestly, I think that is 
and I have said this before, it's like that is where I'm like, okay, I don't want to make anybody feel like like they're going out their way for me or really showing that it's like like they don't want to do it, but they're going to do it because I need something done. And it's right. not always monetarily. It could be like a task or anything like that, you know. Right. Um, or like, going with my child yeah. up from school. I yeah, mean, like I going with kids, me somewhere but, because my right. mom couldn't go. You know what I mean? And be like, oh, well, how long is this thing? You know what I mean? Shit like right. that. Or like, right. oh, you know, just and and for me, that's a big trigger because it's just like, well, I wouldn't have asked, or my mom wouldn't have asked, or anybody wouldn't ask if mm-hmm. it wasn't important. So, and I feel like when people, when you, when people ask you for help. I think the helper, you had to be really in the right state of mind of like, do I feel like fucking helping? Because That's sometimes, the case. There you go. sometimes <laughs> it's not the fact that you can't help. And I realized this with people in my life. Cause I have a relative that does that shit. It's not the fact that if you can't help, people going to be upset. If you can't help, you can't help. Right. But if right. your help comes with nastiness, an attitude, the fact that you are showing that you're displeased, the fact that you're showing that it's an inconvenience and that you don't want to fucking do it, don't help. Because then right. that puts the person who asking for help in a position where they don't want to ask anybody for anything else again, because that's a low fucking feeling, especially right. when it's small tests for me. Yeah, no, well, it's, I'm it's very, one of the worst places. That, it's yeah, the worst things you, to me, one I'm of the very, worst things you can do. very careful about who I ask for help now. Like, you know, right. the people closest to me, I'll ask them, you know what I mean? If I absolutely right. have to, because I don't want to be in a place where I'm ever going without and I really don't have to, or that I'm mm-hmm. really stressing myself out because I stress, you know, stress comes every day. I don't need added stress, you know, where exactly. it's some things that I could have fixed. So I think focusing for me on, what it is that I have control over, things that I can do for myself, I do it. But there is something where it would just make my life a little bit easier. It would be of great assistance. You know, I have this village. Let me lean on this village because there is times where you're going to need the people that you are around. And if you can't ask for the simplest things to you know, for help, then it's all in vain. You know what I mean? We have no problem asking if somebody want to go out to dinner, if they want to go to, you know, the bar or go shopping or anything else. We have to be like, hey, you know, hate to bother you, but I have to work this day. Can you babysit? Do you have a couple of hours? You know what I mean? Or can you do this or that? Or, you know, I don't mind it. Cause I, like I said, I'm naturally a helping person I naturally don't mind making other people's lives easier. I just have to learn to be okay. Like if someone offers their help to me, I have to accept it and really understanding who the person is I'm asking for. Right. Like, I think that's it because it is triggering when you ask for help and somebody's like, yeah, I'll do it. Like no problem. But when, while they're doing the task, they start snapping and shit and get an attitude. Like, I hate that. Like, oh, you, like, you know, what's so annoying like as a woman when you ask somebody to build something and they're not like like say like all right i'm about to get this bookshelf right Mm -hmm. so say if i want somebody to fix it but they're getting frustrated 
like, oh, I don't feel like doing this fucking shit. Like, getting mad. Why are you fixing mm-hmm. it? And then it's like, all right, don't do it. I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll build this motherfucker myself. Because now you're making it seem like it's a big issue. Right. Like you. So, basically, that's what the core of it is then. So, you already know what it is. It's I, bad trauma, like you said. From yeah. Because somebody not- has fucked you over. Or, not. I don't want to say that. But, yeah. Um, when you were vulnerable... And they used that and said, oh, yeah, I'll do this. And then kind of reversed it where it made you feel guilty for even asking because now they're mad at you. You feel like, well, damn, I made this person upset because they're doing something for me. And I thought that they were doing this because they wanted to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it is for me where, you know, it's not that I don't, you know, want to control the narrative. I just like think like, oh, you know. I don't want to inconvenience anybody, you know, like I, I don't want that. I still feel like that is, I know you don't like the word, but yeah, I don't like that word at all. (laughs) It is, um, well, cause I, I guess the meaning must be different for you, but it is determining the outcome. I, does that a different, does it work better? Is this, it's being very selective about how it's going to turn out. Like I, I'm not going yeah, to. Yeah, I think it's like an opportunity thing for me. Like I just be trying to avoid conflict and like confrontation or spaces where it puts us in a weird space. You know what I mean? Right. Like I don't. You know. But I know that the people. There's only a few people I'm asking for help, and not everybody is on that list. And it's not because of anything specific. You know. Right. It's because I can. I know people's temperament. And I know, like, while they will help, I would have to deal with other bullshit that comes with it. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when you ask for a certain level of help, you it's just like god damn like it, do I need that much help is it worth do? it yeah like <laughs> am I willing to sacrifice do I really need this help right now <laughs> like but you know if there's somebody else like my mom and she, I'm gonna ask my mom in a heartbeat you know because that's yeah. the relationship I have other people they might not have that with their parent but if you got right. a friend that's like oh yeah sure whatever like no problem or an aunt or uncle whoever and they have no issues but I think sometimes having that um, that trauma of someone making you uncomfortable when you ask them to do something, like, yeah. it does make me believe, and I've talked about this with people before, it makes you just kind of think, like, damn, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't want all this hoopla. You it's know? the lowest of the low feeling. Yeah, I've been there plenty want, of times. It yeah, it's, it's, it's a couple of instances that, while we're talking about because not that I realized that prior to, but while we're talking about it, it might be the fact that when there were times when I've asked certain people for help, it became such a big um, space of controversy and it caused all of this other shit to happen where it's just like, it really just didn't have to go that way. And, you know, mm. going forward, just to avoid all of the bullshit, I'll just, you know, be very selective. I feel like I'm very selective about hope. But I will accept help. But you know what, too, what I will say? I noticed that people do that. Um, people that do that, that get upset about, like, it's one thing to be maybe upset if you maybe, you know, like, you, let's use your bookshelf thing. And I thought I could 
fix it and then it's not <laughs> I can't it's not coming together as fast as I thought it could it's one thing for me to be upset with myself but there's a difference when I am letting you know that I'm pissed off and it's kind of implying that it's you I feel like it's very passive aggressive and I feel like it's a way a uh, roundabout way so that you won't want to ask or you know like it's kind of like well good I kind of want you to feel uncomfortable so then the next time I ask and I can say, well, well, why don't you ask me? And it's like, bitch, you know how you reacted the last time. Yeah, like, you're trying no, to be I smart. totally agree with that. I, I really agree. And I think like by talking it out, like it made me realize like, oh yeah, this is probably why your ass don't like asking for help. And the yeah. thing is, it's not that because like I said, I'll ask if I really need help, you know, like work wise or, you know, if I'm in a relationship with somebody I'm asking because Right. There's a lot of stuff I do that you don't ask for, you know? Right. Like, right. I just do. So, it's like, yeah, of course, I'm asking. But when it comes to, like, kind of little small things or really, really needing assistance, there's a few choice people that, you know, I am willing to ask. And there's some people in my life that I will never ask for shit. Right. I don't give a fuck if you next to me and I'm burning on fire. <laughs> I'm gonna ask a stranger to throw <laughs> fucking spit at me before your ass. Just because Damn. then you're gonna be like, oh, now my mouth dry now. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to put your fire out. Like, you know Damn, what I mean? who the fuck told your ass to get on fire? Yeah, I'm about to say that. Like, who the fuck told you to do that shit with me? Told you to catch on fucking fire next to me, bitch. Like, like, you know, and I think sometimes if you, especially if you are somebody that's around someone that struggles to ask for help and you know that, don't, and they ask you, don't make them feel fucking bad. It's about, so selfish. Like, that's so messed up. Like, if somebody so feels, and that's such a vulnerable space. That's like somebody, like, really, that's, is it somebody exposing a trauma to you and you fuck them over in the process? Like, that yeah. is, it's so hard for people to ask for help. Don't make that a reason why they don't want to ask you moving forward or why they don't want to ask people, like why they'll go without, without asking. Because those things really have, I realized like it really make me not want to ask for help. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. But you know what? It's not funny, but I have a relative where I know somebody that goes out their way to make them feel some type of way when they ask for help. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's to the point where it's not even a here and there. It's like, you, I, you know, I'm enabling you at this point. Um, mm -hmm. so, but anyway, that bitch don't give a fuck. She don't, she don't care how bad that person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking the same. I really had the same situation. You know she what don't me. care at <laughs> don't all. Give a she fuck. she don't, don't give a fuck. You can curse her ass out and be like, you know, it could be a whole big deal, a whole family fallout. The next day, she be like, yeah, you know. So you think, um, you think that you could take me here and give me forty dollars? And still like, don't give a. I, I admire people <laughs> like that, though. You know why I admire people like that? Because why? they always get their shit done. <laughs> yes, and every sure. stupid bitch is like no shame that go without <laughs> right right because of pride and you don't want to feel fucked up and it's hard to process that even you know the person like I said that has made asking the people that like just start showing their ass when you ask for help and their head they don't see that they're being negative either 
Right. They don't see that they have made the situation uncomfortable. When they play that story back, all they know is that you asked for help, they helped you, and it makes them the good person. They don't ever remember, okay, you had an attitude the whole time. You was mm-hmm. throwing shit around. Yep. You, you know, you didn't want to be there. You was mumbling under your breath. You was complaining the entire time. You was annoyed the entire time. All yep. they remember is that they helped you. Yeah. And that's, that's what so I have realized. And I real I have to realize it's not the act of asking for help. I may have asked the wrong person. Yeah. And we all and, have. And that's okay. Because we're yeah. not perfect. So right. it's just like, it's just taking it as, I, I feel like moving forward, just taking that as a lesson. Like, oh, okay, no problem. I probably won't ever ask you again. I appreciate your help. But, you know, I should have probably just asked somebody else. Mm-hmm. I know I agree a thousand percent so, and yeah. if you are this person and I, I'll say you know I know we running low on time so I won't get into because I, I do have a story where I was the person that we're talking about mm-hmm. Um, and just to briefly I think we say, all have had a moment like that in life where you kind of made it a little harder for somebody than what you had to be I made it a little bit more difficult but I don't know. So it was, you know, a, a bigger scenario. It was kind of like a, a medical um, emergency. And, you know, I was called on. And honestly, I drove all the way, like an hour away from my house to go up there to this place. And I couldn't even go into the facility anyway. So it was kind of like I was there for nothing. And I literally had no fucking gas. Like I drove, I, of course it's a, you know, family emergency. So I'm going to rush and go, but it was, I had no gas and there was no concern. It was just like, Oh, once they were done, they came out like, Oh, okay. Like, all right, take care. And I'm like, um, what? Like, well, why did you call me up here? You know what I mean? Right. So it kind of, it became, you know, but in the future, for anybody that's listening, because like you said, I think we've all at some point been that person. And I know that I have. And, you know, we have to look at ourselves. I know some a lot of times for me personally that I've been in that predicament because how I felt when I offered is, how, is unfortunately the day came and I was not in that mood. It, it, for whatever reasons, I wasn't in that same yeah. energy space. So maybe I wasn't as happy to do it as I was when I offered to do it. And that's right. something that I have to look at moving forward when I offered to do right. stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? Same. Um, I think I've done the same thing where it's like when I, when they first asked for help, it was cool. It was cool. But then once I was actually doing it, it was just like, Oh God, why the fuck I signed up for this? <laughs> but I will say I'm not overtly nasty. Me neither. Me like neither. I probably, I, I, I don't know. Maybe somebody else after they hear this, they're like, oh no, bitch, you did it. But right, in my head, right. I'd be th- saying a lot of stuff in my head. But like the person I'm thinking about that did it to me, they were just so fucking nasty that I know I never did no shit like that. Yeah. Like and I could show, you know, being frustrated or something because, you know, it may have taken longer than what you thought or now you're not really in the whole mood for it. But I, I feel like being super fucking nasty I, I I can't say because people still ask me for help. <laughs> right. I can't right. say. But I know that the, the, the person in particular I'm thinking about, I've never asked for help again. And I probably never will. And that's probably why they did it. Yeah. But in their that's head, I'm pretty sure that they'd be like, oh, I always help. <laughs> yeah, and that's the oh, shame. I did nothing but help. And but. In, in the, the words of DeAndre, and that's sick. They're sick. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, fuck you. Sick. I, love it. I love 
when you say that they're sick. You know what? Because <laughs> yeah. sometimes that's the only word I have. <laughs> it be no, because it be fitting, child. It yes. be fitting. All right, <laughs> but that's our show, right? You got anything yeah. else to say? No, that's it. You know, right. I hope that this conversation helps some people look at themselves. Ask for help, y'all. Like, yeah, ask for ask help. Ask for help. Fuck that. If you <laughs> hang out with somebody every single day, if you, you know, you have loving parents, if you have loving family, if you have people in your life that you know that will be there for you, ask them right. for help. If they don't, if they can't help, they can't help. But if they can, they will. Exactly. And if you are being asked for help, you can always say no. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. make it, you know, one thing I do, if I can't help, you know, I try to provide some solutions. Yeah. I'll try to, because of what I do for a living, right. I try to point you in the right directions to receive it. Like, right. I don't like to just be like, oh, no, I can't. But I will always attempt to help you figure your shit out. So just don't be an asshole if you're going to help. Like, don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Nobody likes an asshole. Nobody likes an asshole. <laughs> and you causing trauma. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's our show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at JST Let It Glow and Twitter at Just Let It Glow. Um, you can also stream us on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Just Let It Glow. And you can follow me at DeAndre Kiera underscore D-E-A-N-D-R-A K-I-A-R-A underscore. Yes. All right. Bye. And email us at justletitglowpie at gmail.com with your stories. And I'm going to say, send us some stories. We want to get into your business. Anonymously, of course. Of course. But y'all take care. We see you next time.